The international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, in the greater Nashville area, in the heart of Tennessee, with Tennessee and the world at heart. This is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. Well, dear friends, it is Monday all over again, and we are still rejoicing after a tremendously great National Sword of the Lord Conference last week. What a wonderful, wonderful four days we had, and uh, we're just still excited about it and thankful for it. We're delighted that you've joined us today, and uh, we're going to be talking today about some things built around uh, what uh, priorities are really before every Christian when we think about what would the Lord have us to do. And uh, I'm going to talk to you just around that theme for a couple of days of Christian priorities. Now, we're going to get right to that, and I trust that it'll be a help to you. Sometimes people live their whole life, and they just live it based on emotion. They do whatever they feel like doing at the moment, or maybe they're just really letting one thing or another pressure them, and so they just get pushed along as they go. But whenever you and I are really seriously thinking about how we live our Christian life and how we do things as a Christian, then uh, there are priorities that the Lord has laid out for us. And I'm going to share some of those with you because I feel like a lot of us are not maximizing what we ought to do and how we ought to do it. We're not maximizing who we are as a Christian. You know, in Acts chapter 2, that early church, I mean, they really, really got themselves rolling on that uh, day of Pentecost, that feast day that comes once a year in the Jewish society and on the Jewish calendar. And uh, they had a tremendous thrust forward on that day. And the Bible tells us some things about the priorities that were set for them and with them. Chapter 2 of Acts, verse 40, And with many other words did he, that is, Simon Peter, testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added in them about 3,000 souls. So, I mean, this is a big deal going on here. And verse 42 says, They continued steadfastly in the apostle doctrine and fellowship breaking of bread, and in prayers. Now, there's more there, and I may look at some of that as we go here. But I want you to see what happened with them. They continued, and the Bible says, steadfastly. That is, they had direction. They were determined to stay on track in who they were, what they were doing, how they were going about it. And uh, that is really just like saying they had priorities, and those priorities were driving them every step of the way. Now, Christians today have certain matters that should certainly set center stage. I mean, just really that we ought to prioritize and say, this is what gets full attention today. Sometimes uh, we establish direction for life without getting priorities in place. Now, the fact is, sometimes people do things that they do, and they do it because it's just their preference to do. It's what I like. I mean, if I sit down to eat uh, a piece of cake or a piece of pie or something like that, I mean, you know, preferentially, I think it ought to have chocolate on it. That's just a preference. But uh, that doesn't really, really make up the essence of life. There's sometimes, you know, that people say, well, what do you do for pleasure? Some people like basketball, some like baseball, some like football, 
And uh, in my case, I mean, I like basketball, but I, I really, really do like baseball. And I uh, like thinking about it. I like watching it, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, yet that's not really a priority. I mean, I can do without it if I didn't ever see another basketball game. If I never saw another baseball game, I could still live my life and do so fruitfully. Now, sometimes people do what they do based on the price of a thing. That is, they say to themselves, now, what's this going to cost me if I do this? And if it's going to cost them too much, whether it be time or whether it be their pocketbook that's being impacted, whatever, they're looking at the cost. And sometimes they will say, well, it's just not worth the cost. Now, priorities are worth the cost. Priorities may cost you time. Priorities may hit your pocketbook. Priorities may give you all kinds of reason to just dig in and do your dead level best. Sometimes people do not get direction set, and they don't do so because of their peers. They're only doing what they do because others are doing it. Others are setting the agenda. Others are telling them what to do. Now, uh, frankly, I hope your peers are positive influences around you, and if your peers help you in this regard, certainly we have no objection to that. But if you are just somebody that has no idea in and of yourself what you ought to do, who you ought to be, what you ought to be about, instead you are just listening to whatever else is going on around you, and you're just doing what others do. Sometimes these days we hear about the trends, we hear about the times, we hear about the polls. I mean, what is going on today? What is the latest deal? And that's what triggers a lot of folks into action. It's just whatever is going on right now. And sometimes people do what they do because it is practical. We use the word expedient. We use the word pragmatism. And sometimes people are just so pragmatic, it's, well, this works for me, so I'm doing it. Well, that doesn't always meet muster, and you and I should understand that. Priorities are the key to making your life as a Christian successful like it ought to be. Now, now you look through these early chapters of the book of Acts, and you discover that the Lord himself provides instruction. He tells us that we can receive power from him. He tells us that we ought to be engaged in prayer. And certainly there's a big emphasis here on preaching and on the promises of God. And ultimately, all of that sets the stage for making priorities that ought to really be present with us. So I'm going to say priorities are essential if you're going to be successfully fruitful in your Christian life. I think in order for God to bless, in order for you to receive the very best of God's blessings, you're going to need to set priorities that line up with the will of God. Now, one other consideration here. Over in Philippians chapter number 1, verses 20 and 21, the Bible tells us that a Christian's priorities ought to be magnified. Here are the verses. According to my earnest expectation and my hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain." So what's he telling us? He's telling us to put the Lord center stage in our life and to magnify him, put him first. Listen to what he has to say. Watch what he did. Study the things that he's given us in the Bible. And when we do that, listen, it's going to be the kind of thing that will produce for us. And that should be always magnified. We ought to 
puff it up, make a strong deal about it. So let's look closely now at how we may magnify Christian priorities, and I'm going to put these in two categories. One category are those things that are one-time priorities. You do it once, and it's done. On the other hand, there are other things that are what I call ongoing priorities. For example, going back to Acts chapter 2, where I read here at the outset today, the Bible tells us that a number of people, about 3,000 of them on that day, gladly received the Word of God, and they were added unto the Christian family. That is, they were saved, they were born again, they trusted Christ. Now, that is a one-time event. Whenever you come to Christ, you are saved. You are birthed into the family of God. When you put your trust in Christ, there is something that God does where he regenerates you and gives you a spiritual life, a new life that you never had before, and you are therefore, right then, that moment, you are in fact saved. You are in fact in the family of God. You know, the Bible uses present tense to describe a lot of that when it tells us, he that believes is And so as many as received him, to them gives he power to become the sons of God. All of that is present tense. That's a one-time event. Now, you say, well, I got saved and I lost it, and then I got saved again. No, 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 no. You didn't do that at all. If you thought you got saved and whatever you got, you lost, what you got at the outset was not the salvation God gives, because what he gives is everlasting life, it's eternal life, and that comes one time and you've got it. Now, the second thing that has to be considered here is the matter of baptism. That uh, chapter 2 of Acts, again, verse number 41, says, When they received his word gladly, they were baptized. Now, baptism is not an essential to salvation. It is an essential to obedience. If you think that you can get baptized and therefore go to heaven based on the dipping in the water, that is not what the Bible teaches. Now, I know some folks will be upset just to hear that because they've been told that baptism is the key to salvation. Baptism always comes after salvation. Salvation is an inward thing. Baptism is an outward thing. And this tells us that they received his word, then they were baptized, and that's after salvation. The word baptizo means to dip. It means to plunge under. And by the way, some of you, maybe that were just sprinkled, put a little water on your head whenever you uh, made your decision for Christ, uh, that's not really baptism. It just isn't Bible baptism. The Bible uses that word baptisma or baptizo. It's the same word, noun and verb, and uh, it means to dip, to plunge under, to immerse. And that's the only thing you find in the Bible. Now, you might say, well, isn't it just as good to do the other? Well, here's the deal. Who is deciding this? Am I deciding it? Are you deciding it? Or are we listening to what the Lord has told us? And in this case, it's very clear in the Bible, and every single usage of the word baptize is a dipping, a plunging under. Remember Acts chapter 8, where they went down into the water? That is just exactly the way it's supposed to be done. Now, remember, baptism, again, it's not an essential to salvation. It's not a part of the equation for salvation. It is something you do after you're saved. You do it because you're being obedient to Christ. You're following the Lord and what he tells you to do. And in so doing, whenever you are baptized publicly, you are identifying with Christ. I'm telling you, in the first century here in Acts chapter 2, it was not a popular thing to do. 
I mean, to imagine that 3,000 of these Jewish people in Jerusalem, many of them were foreign Jews. Now, you get over to Acts chapter 4, and another several thousand of them were saved. Most of them were local Jews. And uh, listen, I'm telling you, it was not popular to follow the Lord in baptism, not at all. And sometimes today, People find it's not easy because family members and others, maybe that are involved in something else, and they don't want you to identify publicly with Christ. They don't want you to do that at all. And so it may not be popular, but it is a step of obedience. And if you get saved and you want to do the Lord's bidding, then that's exactly what you do. So one-time priorities, salvation, yes. Baptism, yes. And then the third thing that you notice here that's a one-time priority is they joined the church. Now, I understand you may not stay in that same church year after year after year. You may move to another city, and you may need to join a church there. But whenever you talk about coming to a local church, you are letting the Lord work in your life so that you get lined up with His people. Now, I'll talk some more about that tomorrow because I'm about out of time today, and we'll also be looking at the ongoing priorities that are laid out here in the Bible for us. These are important things for us to consider. Priorities are priorities. They are things that we should be doing, and it ought to be center stage. It ought to be right with us, and it ought to be up front. We ought to be doing it every single day. Well, look, I'm delighted you've been along today, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. In the meantime, don't forget, write me a note sometime. I'd love to hear from you. Write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith, at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. Well, until tomorrow, God bless you. Have a good rest of the day, and goodbye for now. 